Blog Talk Radio. Fire Services, men and women police and fire services, 
<clears throat> the uh, doctors and nurses on the first line of COVID, the first responders, and of course the wonderful people at the, at the market that stock the shelves during the pandemics. Um, tonight's program is dedicated, of course, today is the 11th of November, and one of the most important days in the history of the United States. It's a day that we honor all veterans, past, present, and serving. If you're working on your DD-214, enjoy it. If you, if you served, thank you for your service. And those people who are dear and dear to our hearts, um, we, we, the people of the Gold Star families who lost a member of their family uh, during the service, um, just uh, please uh, give them a, a, a thank whenever you see them. Um, well, Tony, or I'm sorry, Bob. I know you're on a short thing. You want to start out with uh, what it meant with Yelton Almeida uh, beating uh, Derek Lewis last week. It sure raised a lot of hell. Yeah, that was a great fight. Um, sorry, I can barely hear you. We just stopped in the restaurant. Um, I, I apologize to the fans and stuff. But a uh, great fight last weekend. It was really worth the watch. Uh, he did a great job. Um, I just want to get, you know, and thank you for the shout-out for my brother. I'm sitting down with family. We're out in Oceanside, uh, Rory Wood. Um, love all of our fans. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just I'm kind of distracted. So take it over for me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Caden, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I almost uh, realized I forgot my wallet and my phone was dead, so I, like, had no money to pay for all the food that I just checked out. So I had to, like, scramble together to get my Apple Pay to work. But it worked. I'm in Florida. But uh, other than that, I'm doing, I'm, I'm doing just all right. I'm getting ready Good. for these uh, these fights tonight. Yeah, uh, these are going to be pretty big ones. Uh, oh yeah. Was it Ser- oh yeah. Is it? Um, yeah, Sergey Pavlovich versus Tom Aspinall is definitely going to be my right. favorite fight of the night. Uh, I've I've been watching Aspinall for the past like three and a half years now, and I love the way he fights as a heavyweight. He kind of moves like a like a middleweight, but still has the the power of a heavyweight, and he's, you know, he has a wear mm-hmm. of ground game and everything. And uh, coming into this fight, I had like a, a funny analogy with um, with my friend Logan. And uh, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but one of the uh, one of the Avengers movies is uh, Avengers: Age of Ultron. And in that movie, uh, the Hulk, which in this story, the Hulk is Sergei Pavlovich, and Iron Man mm-hmm. fight each other. And mm-hmm. in the fight. Uh, Iron Man just kind of like piecing him up, and, and the Hulk's just doing a bunch of like Hulk smash stuff, you know, trying trying to like kill Iron Man with his power. That's how mm-hmm. I think this fight's gonna go. That, that is exactly how I think this fight's gonna go. But Aspinall is just gonna mm-hmm. piece him up, and Pavlovich is just gonna rely on his on his one hit on his one hit um, knockout power. And uh, you know, I hope in my case, and in Tom Aspinall's case that Tom Aspinall goes in there and gets a W. But we've mm-hmm. seen a lot of a lot of a lot of fighters who I like, uh Derek Lewis and Ty Tuvasa go in there and fight Sergey Pavlovich and neither of them right. lasted a whole sixty seconds. They all got knocked out in less than sixty seconds. So maybe 
just maybe Tom Aspinall might get knocked out in under 60 seconds, which I don't think will happen. Ooh. I don't think I don't yeah, think that'll happen at all. I think I think I think Aspinall will go in there and, and, and get the job done, and I would take it to decision, or or get the TKO finish in probably round two. Mm-hmm. What's your thoughts on Prochaska uh, and uh, Pereira? That's, that's, the, that's the, like another. One. Yeah, it, it, it's another one of those um, like tale of two sides. Like, you got the, the craziness and the precision uh, of of Yuri Prochaska, and the creativity of Yuri Prochaska, and whatever he like, wherever he's in the ring, he can hit you from any side. It doesn't really matter. He's one of those guys that'll right. bring the pressure on high, and you see right. that a lot with Alex Pereira as well. Even leading up to when Alex Pereira was fighting Adesanya, we knew that the only way that he was going to beat uh, Adesanya was to keep up the pressure. It's a way. It's a, that's a way to lose as well. If, right. if Yuri Prohoshka pressures and runs at. Uh, Alex Pereira, like he's known to do, Alex Pereira is going to stop him dead in his tracks with a left hook from hell, and he will not be. He, he, nobody's ready for that. Uh, Alex Pereira, mm-hmm. he hits like he hits harder than some heavyweights. It's 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 incredible what this guy can do with his hands. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't I I don't really know if if uh, Yuri's going to be a hundred percent ready for it. now. Yuri is ready for. Pretty much anything. I saw a video of him the other day where he's like, oh, it's cold outside. It looks down and his, like, finger, his toenail just like fell off. And he's like laughing about it. Mm. Like, this is not some guy to play with. This is not some guy who feels pain. Uh, mm-hmm. So in that aspect, it, it's another one of those throw-up fights. You, know, you, you don't know who's going to win. Because on one side, one guy can finish it at any second. And on the other side, it's mm-hmm. just a steady, uh, I'm not going to say clear-cut winner, but more of a reliable person to bet on, if you if you will, for who's going to win. Bob, uh, what do you think about that one? Right, I'm here. I agree with everything you said. I mean, the uh, that new guy, that big guy, what's his name? Like he's he's phenomenal. You know, I mean, he did a really good job, but he doesn't have the conditioning. I think to, you know, for the, as far as the heavyweights and stuff go, he needs to really work on that. Um, yeah. last showing last only, week, you know. Oh, go ahead. We've only seen uh, Sergey Pavlovich in the first round because he's never let his fights go past the first round. So you have no idea what he looks like outside of the first round. Right, right, and so and, and that's the whole thing. I mean, he's got great thunder shots. I mean, he knocked, knocked people out, which is fantastic. But we really need to see him pushed, you know, and and uh, see what he can produce in 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 a five five or a three five, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Hey, hey Tony, uh, I see they pushed back the uh, uh, Tyson Fury uh, Alex uh, music fight uh, until sometime mid mid year. You have any idea why? Yeah, because he got his ass beat last week. <laughs> That's oh, why. Oh. You, you know yeah, I I tell you what, I really wish I would have watched more MMA with that guy, that Nanayu guy, whatever his name is, because that guy is an animal, and I was hoping the guy was going to beat Fury, and in my book he did, 
But I think if there's mm-hmm. a if there's a version two of that one, I think Fury better hope to God that he's got St. Peter with him because he's going to lose that mm-hmm. title. In fact, I thought he lost it that night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do want to yes, give sir. Francis Ngannou his respect because even you said you weren't watching much of him when he was doing uh, MMA. And just to like point out, just to give you a little base of, of this guy's spirit, he he won a heavyweight title heavyweight title match against a guy who was favored against him. And in said match, he tore his MCL and ACL and still won. Really, he tore that last. He's a beast. No, against um, against Cyril Gon. Oh, oh, okay, I got you. back in back in the UFC days. He tore his ACL and MCL in the same fight and still won. Wow. Well, anybody He's that did yeah, Tyson Fury fight with him in my book, he won that fight. He beat Tyson and he knocked him, knocked him on the ground pretty good. So, yeah, Tyson probably wants to take a few months off and keep his paycheck for a while. Right. Well, the uh, the other thing uh, I was surprised to see that Andre Berto and Robert the Ghost Guerrero have a fight for uh, Thanksgiving weekend. I don't, think I don't think they could afford turkey dinner or something, so they figured they may as well fight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I know I won't be watching it. It's going to be stuff in my face, but, um, hey, I guess we'll hear about it the next day, right? But what do you think about uh, who's going to be the uh, the next um uh, Next fighter to yeah, wait hold on. Uh, Mackenzie Dare versus uh, Jessica Andrade is coming up uh, in uh, next month. Uh, what's your thoughts on that one? Yeah, unmute. So, uh, yeah, I was had to unmute yeah. you. So Andrade's the beast. We all know that Andrade's the beast. So I'm gonna I'm gonna. Uh, uh, God, it's hard to pick over over uh, Mackenzie Dern because Mackenzie's going coming up the ranks really well as well. So uh, I, I want to kind of go on the Jessica Andrade side just because you know she's done good in the past and you know she's proven herself and and, and Mackenzie Dern's kind of got to you know do the showing. But with Mackenzie Dern coming up with that kind of fire, uh, Andrade might be in trouble. Mm-hmm. Jaden. You know, I bet against um, – not bet with money, but I uh, I said that Jessica Andrade was going to lose her last fight. She proved me wrong. And uh, I said that Mackenzie Dern wasn't, wasn't going to be, you know, that, that good of a prospect, but she also proved me wrong. So I have, I have mm-hmm. two, like, you know, I, I want to go with Mackenzie Dern because I have a feeling she's going to prove me wrong again. But mm-hmm. Jessica Andrade is just – uh, I, I don't really watch a lot of a lot of the girl fights, but when when I do, it's usually something with her or Amanda Nunez or Shevchenko. It's just it, her her ground game, her BJJ, even some of her striking is just it's it's top class for for her weight and her division. So I'm, I'm going to go with Jessica Andrade on this one. Yeah. Hey uh, Tony, uh, uh, Dimitri Bival wants to move up in class. To uh, 168 because he says there's nobody in his class right now that 
he can't they, they can beat him. So, um, what's your thoughts on that? I totally agree with that because he's shown himself at the weight class he's been in, and there's no one touching him. No one's going to beat him right now. So mm-hmm. at least it's going to be more of a competitive fight if he gives up the into the next weight class and takes on some of these names right now that are out there. It'll be some really good fights going on with him. So I think it was a great move. Hopefully he'll be able to maintain everything, his stamina and his size and ability. So we'll, we'll have to see, but that's what it's all about. So we'll sit back and watch. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, hey, Kate, what do you think uh, Aspen Ladd uh, is trying to get back in, into uh, – into the to the ring after her uh, loss to uh, Kayla Harrison. Um, do you think she's still got it, or do you think it's time for her to walk away? It's definitely not time for her to walk away, but, you know, I, I'm going to be honest with you, I don't like her. I don't, I don't like her, her fighting style. I think she's uh, a boring fighter. I think she's, uh, you know, very, she's a very emotional fighter. And... Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's definitely not time for her to give it up, but definitely I'd say time for her to at least try and get some tune-up fights. You know what I mean? She needs right. just like Alabama. Alabama every year when, when the Crimson Tide comes along and say they lose a game to a ranked team, they need some some uh, FCS team so they can go out and destroy 42 to zero. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? That's what she needs right now. Right. She needs one of those break fights where she can go in there and get her opponent out of there in the first or second round. And she needs a couple of this before she can think about getting her way back up at the ranks because, uh, again, I'm, I'm going to be honest, I don't, I don't really like her that much as a fighter. But, uh, hey, Bob. yeah, walk away, definitely not. Bob, your thoughts? Hey, dude. I didn't hear that one. Uh, we're talking about uh, Aspen Ladd and, uh, you know, what she, it, what, it's time for her to retire or is it time for her to start looking around for fights again because she uh, she hasn't done anything since she got her ass kicked from uh, uh, Kayla Harrison. Yeah, all of us over over 35 should retire, but, I you know, but our ego keeps us in it. I mean, it, it's a younger guy's sport. I, that's all there is to it. I mean, we, we wanted, I, I did the same thing. I, I did a comeback at 39, 40, 41. It's you, you just, your body, you're smarter, you're tougher. Um, but you just can't keep up with that stamina of these young guys. So, I mean, that, that's all of our ego, the leading killer of men. I've said this joke before, you know, of, of men over 40 is their ego. Like, and, and same thing with the women, the women can stick in there right. a little bit longer, but like Holly Holmes, uh, as well as fighting past her forties and, all of us, you know, that past your 30s and stuff are, I mean, should be thinking about retiring. And once you come off from a, a serious ass whooping like that, I mean, the last time they, they moved my nose around, I tell everyone I have a Roman nose because it roams all over my face. I've had that thing replaced yeah. twice. Um, you, you just got to make sure that I mean, you got to know when to pull the trigger. And that's why we have cornermen. That's why we have coaches. That's why we have managers to think outside for us because we're going to fight till we die. Okay. Hey, Tony. Uh, uh, this is one heck weird. Ryan Garcia uh, has a fight with uh, Oscar Girardi uh, at uh, the second second of December. 
Uh, what's your thoughts on that one? I think Ryan Garcia will make um, after taking on Tank and getting you know getting pummeled, but I give him credit. I, I got a lot of respect for Ryan Garcia, the way he handled himself, the way he fought Tank Davis, you know, the way he praised Tank's fighting and thanked him and, you know, didn't get a case of the ass and just decided, hey, I got my first loss. I'm going to move on. Uh, I think in this fight, I think he'll redeem himself. I think he'll be back. And uh, I don't think I would fight Tank Davis again anytime soon, but, you know, there's some others that he could probably get some good numbers going and we can see some good fights out of them. Okay. Uh, everybody, so for everybody I know that uh, uh, there's a new uh, addition to this year's uh, Hall of Fame uh, and that's uh, uh, Alex Ferreira has been inducted into uh, the Hall of Fame for the class of 2023. We send out a message to him. He was, yeah, he oh, got sorry. inducted into the uh, he got inducted into the glory the glory kickboxing um, company right. or champ, wherever, wherever their whatever their promotion oh. is called. But he was like yeah. he was like thirty three and and like seven or something like that for, for them. Right. It's an absolutely crazy record, and it, it's 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 weird when you think about how quickly he adapted to even like the wrestling side of of MMA because. He has good takedown defense, and we haven't seen him on the ground a whole bunch. But we've seen his takedown defense. We've seen what he can do on the feet a lot, you know, a lot. <laughs> uh, let's phrase that again. Um, and uh, it's it's uh, it, it was just time coming because he's been a legend for multiple. I think he's in like two different Hall of Fames now. But I think that was that was the second Hall of Fame that he's been in, and a lot of people. Don't realize how long he's been in this game. You know what I mean? Like he's another one of those guys that's above 30 years old, and he's still in his prime. You know what I mean? He's still out there winning championships. You know, good for him to. He's out here winning championships and getting inducted into the Hall of Fame. So that 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 says what it says about him as a fighter. Right. I don't watch a whole lot of MMA. But I do know of Alex Pereira, and I have watched a few of his fights. I would say I agree with Caden. It's that was a good move. I think it was definitely time for that, and and kudos to him. He deserves it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hey guys, we're joined by uh, our northern correspondent, Mr. Parquet. Hi, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing well. Please, please forgive me for my lateness. Had a had a late shoot. Please forgive me. No problem. Does everybody know he means? Uh, a film, not uh, he didn't take a shot at anybody. Uh, these days and age. But you know what? Just, uh, just to add on to uh, to what Caden what Caden was saying about Alex Mahana, he you know uh, definitely well deserved Glory Hall of Fame. And what he's doing tonight is what he's already done in Glory. He was a middleweight and light heavyweight champion, so he's trying to accomplish that feat in MMA tonight, UFC. Obviously. Oh, no, he got uh, no, he got he got knocked out by by uh, Izzy. He's not the middle. Oh, but he was already anymore. the champion though. Yeah, but yeah, remember he, he won the title. Yeah, yeah he was yeah. the champion. So he's trying to just like Glory, he's trying to be a middleweight uh, middleweight champion and then go up and uh, claim a light heavyweight belt. So interesting fight tonight. Yep. 
Hey, guys, I'm going to have to go. Ty, welcome to the show. Love you guys. I'll hey, talk to you Bob. next week, though. Love you, too, man. Hey, man. Be safe. Be All safe. right, thank you. Ty, what do you think, uh, uh, Jake Paul and, uh, and uh, uh, Andre uh, August uh, signed for uh, uh, December 15th? You know what? I what like that. that and I'm going to tell you. I, I like it, and I'm going to tell you why I like it, because no one has heard of Andre August. Um, this is the kind of fight that a professional boxer at his level should be taking. Um, obviously, because of the celebrity, you know, he did the whole celebrity boxing thing, fighting the, you know, the, the MMA guy. But, uh, you know, this, this guy's a boxer. This guy's a professional boxer. He's not a great boxer, but he has had a couple wins in his last few fights. So it's a developmental fight. And this is typically what you see guys uh, with single-digit fights take, you know, guys who are developing. They want different styles. The one thing I'll say about Jake Paul is he's been committed to his craft from a learning standpoint, not from a necessarily application standpoint. By application, I mean actually challenging yourself and really uh, applying yourself to get better through experience. So now um, – this alerts me to the to the belief, at least, that he's taking his boxing career seriously. At least serious enough to want to keep the gravy train rolling, and knowing that you know what, for for me to to look good in the ring, I got to be better, and these are the kind of fights I got to take. Mm-hmm. All I can say is Jake, who I don't like him. Yeah, I'm kind of with that too. Yeah. I'm not gonna watch it. I don't care. I think he's a moron, and that's enough said. You know what? I love Tony for saying that. If we, if this wasn't a, a radio show, I would not have. I would have been like, dude, I'm not talking about Jake Paul. But so I, I really uh, thank you, Tony, for echoing my actual sentiment. I said it for you, my brother. <laughs> guys, hey, uh, guys, my my time my time has has come. I got to go clock back in out of my break. Okay, buddy. Uh, Sad that me and Bob both left after after Ty came off. Ooh. But uh, it, it, no no, uh, no hard feelings there. But uh, yeah. I love y'all. <laughs> Hopefully I'll be on next week. And uh, hey, man, have, have, a, have a good night at work, man. I'll try. Make sure y'all tune into those fights. Absolutely, yeah. sir. Peace out. Uh, Ty, what do you think of Ben Benitez versus Andre? Oh, I can't wait for that fight. I like Ben Benitez. Uh, I like Benavidez, uh to stop him or to win a decision. I think it's going to be uh, uh, a highly competitive fight. That it's going to get a little ugly, I believe, as Benavidez comes on. Um, but it's a fight I'm very much looking forward to seeing. We've still got a, you know a little ways to go, but that's one that's really on my radar. Good. Tony? I'm looking forward to that one. That's unlike a Jake Paul fight. Uh, I'm going to go and lean. Yeah. I'm going to go with Benavides on this one. I think he's going to take it. I just, Andrade, I just don't think he's been fighting as much as he should be. Maybe he's trained for it. Exactly. I don't think he's going to beat Benavides. Yeah, Tony brings up a good point. Like, Demetrius Andrade is now 35, and this is his biggest fight. He's a two-weight world champion, but he's never had a big fight. Um, 
there is some maybe credibility that he's been avoided here and there because he is a you know a, a stylistic nightmare for most opponents. Um, so you know, I, I'm, I'm, you got to lean with 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 what Tony said. Benavidez is 26, and he's been fighting more regularly, um, and he's a natural 168 pounder. Um, yeah, I, I think it's going to be interesting, but I, you got to go with Tony said, right? Benavidez, he fights downhill pressure. And pressure is not what Andrade likes. And he's not going to be able to keep Benavidez off of him. And that, that's going to be his downfall. It's going to be Andrade basically saying, all I wanted was a popsicle, but instead I got sent to the hospital. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, all right, uh, Tony, we have to go Stevenson uh, versus uh, De Los Santos tonight. Uh, Shakur Stevenson? Yes. You know, that's where my money's going, and uh, I don't have a whole lot of it, but it's going on him. I think he's going to take that one hands down. Okay. I'll put an order in for the pie right now. So, What do you think? Oh, man, you're not not believing in a – I think Ty's got my back on this one, but let's see. Well, well, slight mistake. The fight is not – that fight is not tonight, so you don't have to worry about cooking up the pie just yet. Um, like Tony, I, I, you know, you got to lean with Shakur. Shakur is the better, more decorated boxer. But, and I stress this, Edwin De La Santos, 23 years old, he only lost one fight. He was outboxed for a split decision. But he's a very dangerous fight. And, you know, he's one of these guys, again, kind of like, you guys remember when Tank fought uh, Isaac Cruz? And, you, you, you know, a lot of you guys, I think, Tony, I thought you thought Cruz beat uh, Tank Davis. But oh, absolutely he did. The reason why I bring up Isaac Cruz is because when he fought Tank, it was just Tank fighting some guy. But only if you had really paid attention did you know he was a little younger than Tank and he was going to come up even though he had a loss. And so to most observers, it looked like just another Tank walkover because no one knew who Isaac Cruz was. But I knew it was going to be a competitive fight. I'm not saying this is going to be a competitive fight, but this is a similar situation. Edwin De La Santos brings much more danger than his name indicates. Um, Shakur Stevenson, to all his credit, one reason why I like Shakur Stevenson is because he wants that smoke. He was trying to fight Haney. He was trying to fight Lomachenko. He was trying to fight everybody. Frank Martin, he got turned down. Everybody said no. And so De La Santos was the next guy up. And the funny thing is, this is the true definition of high-risk, low-reward. He goes ahead and does what Tony and I think and outboxes De La Santos. He's not going to get the credit he deserves until a couple years later when that uh, De La Santos win looks better and better because De La Santos is going to be a player in a couple years. He's dangerous. You know, uh, uh... You hear an awful lot about coming in about uh, these uh, um, big golf tournaments and, and things like that uh, being taken over by uh, Abu Dhabi. Um, now we see that uh, Joshua is going to fight uh, Wallen uh, December 23rd in Saudi Arabia. What's your thoughts on that one, Ty? I, I think that's a good fight. Uh I know Violent has, has 
you know what? He's kind of lived off of uh, giving Fury a tough fight, right? Um, in between right. the Wilder fight, that's what he's most known for. He gave Fury a tough fight, cut Fury. I think it was a head fight, cut. I don't remember, but he gave Fury a tough fight. Fury really had to dig deep to kind of eat that one out. So Otto Wilder has always been thought of as because of that fight, as kind of a you know a potential comer. He's, he's younger uh, in the division, you know, relatively speaking. Um, I think this is a good fight. I think it's uh, it's a very competitive fight. I, you know, you favor Joshua. I lean towards Joshua. Um, but Otto Whalen is the kind of guy that I believe at his best is a truth machine. He's going to let us know what we are questioning about Joshua. Is Joshua hesitant to pull the trigger? Is Joshua punch shy? Well, in a, you know, he'll kind of bring those things out because he, you know, he's not dynamic in any one area, but what he is is the kind of guy who stays in your face. And that's kind of what's been a concern for Joshua, guys that get in his face. So, uh, I mean, he's obviously capable. I thought Robert Hellenius was out boxing until he knocked Hellenius out. So Joshua always has that equalizer. But this is a very good fight. And uh, kudos to Eddie Hearn and uh, and Anthony Joshua for taking this fight because this is not a huge, you know, kind of money fight, right? This is not Deontay Wilder or Tyson Fury or one of those, or Usyk or one of those guys. So, But this is the kind of fight that gets him back into contention where he, you know, feels he should be. He was offered Francis Nagano. Eddie Hearn came to him and said, would you want to fight Francis Nagano? And he said, absolutely not. I want to fight whatever gets me closest to the title. So with that said, this is the path that gets him. Fighting Francis Nagano doesn't get him, uh, you know, higher ranked in the organization. Beating Otto Wellen does. So if, if, they, if this fight is made, man, this is uh, an interesting fight. Yeah, well, you know, it's funny that you say that because on the undercard is is uh, Deontay Wilder versus Parker and Bible versus uh, Rivera. Ooh. Oh, yeah. So wow, a, that, I, I got to go check that out. I didn't know any of that stuff was signed. So that if, if that's signed, that'd be beautiful. I got yeah. I to check it out. I didn't read anything on that being signed. It's signed? Yes. Yep. Oh wow! Uh, so, you know, what, what do you think of Deontay Wilder and, and Parker? Oh, you have to say with Deontay Wilder, unless yeah, good point. Hey. Uh, as far as uh, Deontay, I, I he'll knock the guy out. The guy's going to the hospital. He may as well go ahead and make arrangements now, get his wagon taken care of because he's going down. Deontay will clock him and knock him. Ooh. That's how it sounded like you didn't have the same uh, opinion. What, what's your opinion? Well, it, well, Butch, that's not signed yet. It's it's it, it, it's rumored, but it's not it's not it's actually uh, locked and sealed in just yet. So, uh, according to uh, according yeah, it's, to it's being news, explored. It's yeah, as as of uh, right okay. now, I'm reading that it's being yeah, it's, it's being explored. Uh, if that happens, I, I, I got to – you know what, Joseph Parker, the one thing about him is he was known to be, you know, pretty durable. But, man, uh, Joe Joyce did a number on him. And, 
I could, I mean, come on, man. Deontay Wilder, if he if he's still Deontay Wilder, he knocks Jason Parker out. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. If he comes as the regular Deontay, we know this boy better have a private ambulance ready. He's gonna need base plate. How about Bible and uh, Rivera? The, the only person, the, the only person that I would, uh, you know, question at that weight class, uh, giving the potential of beating Duvall, would be better BS. And since that's not happening, I favor Duvall. He's he, right now; those guys are the head and shoulders class of their, uh, you know, of that weight class. They're the Kansas City Chiefs and Philadelphia Eagles. So until I get other uh, evidence, I got to go with those guys, right? So whoever better be on this fight and whoever give all fighting, I'm favoring them until they fight each other. Yeah. Another one that's mentioned for that uh, that grouping is uh, Anthony Joshua and Otto Welling. Uh, Tony, what's your thought? Well, I'm, first thing that comes to mind is Jake Paul because I can't stand Anthony Joshua and I think he's done. I don't think he's got a pot to piss in at this point. That's my opinion. Uh, sticking with it. Okay. Hi. Well, yeah, I just gave you a big breakdown on that. But, you know, just to summarize everything I said a few minutes ago, uh, I mean, Joshua. No. I mean, um, yeah, I got to leave Joshua if that fight happens. It, it, but it's, it's a good fight. Okay. All right. Um, Berto keeps, uh, keeps running in his mouth. Oh, I, I thought you weren't here. Oh, yes. Yeah, uh, Andre Berto versus uh, Robert the Ghost Ger- uh, Guerrero. Uh, on yeah, I, I, I did, yeah, I did see that made. What's the name of that card? Nostalgia. Um, yeah, because you remember that fight. I mean, it was a great fight years ago, uh, and yeah. you know it's it, it's happening. Um, so it, it it'll be interesting to see. Uh, Berto is is a little uh, no, well no, but yeah, I mean, gosh, who knows. Who knows? I, I really can't call it because, uh, you know, obviously both guys are so far removed from their prime. Um, so it's one of those fights right. where it's just who has a little bit more left in the tank. Wow. But I, when I read that was happening, I, it brought a smile to my face because the first fight I thought was fun. And, I, again, I'm one of these guys that I have nothing wrong with an older boxer, you know, making a paycheck, especially if you're fighting, you know, Somebody who's kind of your level. What I don't like is kind of, you know, like Tony, I don't want to see Andre Berto fight Jake Paul, or maybe I do want to see Andre Berto because he's knocked the shit out of Jake Paul. But Absolutely. the fact of the matter is, is, is these guys aren't taking up uh, high-ranked title contender spots. These guys are fighting each other, and you know what? The, the, the winner goes on to another payday, and, you know, the loser – you know, probably still has another payday too because of his day value. But um, because they're evenly matched, right, at the same point in being long in the tooth, you know, it'll, it'll be interesting to watch, I believe. Why not watch it and have some popcorn and see what happens? I'd like to get okay. your, uh, both your guys' take on uh, Jermel Charlo fighting Jose Benavides Jr. 
which is on the 25th of November, right next week. You know what? The you know, funny thing is, is Jose Benavidez, as, I don't know if you guys know this. When, they came, when, they, when he and his brother came out, Jose Benavidez at the time was looked at as the better of the two, right? He's a little older. Um, but his brother was looked at as being a little bit more lazy, yada, 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 yada. Um, and Jose, Jose had the better kind of amateur pedigree. Um, but Jose got shot in the leg. Both of these guys were kind of out in the streets when they were young. And Jose got shot in the leg. And if you actually watched him fight, you could tell one leg is kind of stiff in comparison to the other leg. And because of that, he's been quite limited. With that said, if you watch him fight, you could see a definitive skill set, um, but he's just limited. Jamal Charlo has been off for two years, and he's been off, you know, with physical issues, injuries, but also mental health issues. When someone has mental health issues, especially a boxer, I always question what they're going to look like when they get to the ring. And I like to hold judgment until I actually see them get hit a couple times because when you're talking about the psyche, you're talking about something that could be potentially fragile. You remember Oliver McCall against Lennox Lewis? He had knocked Lennox Lewis out. They had the rematch, and next thing you know, he's crying in the middle of the ring, and the ref stopped the fight, and he just had a breakdown. So, you know, when someone's coming back from a mentally fragile state, I'm kind of curious to see yeah. where the mindset is at. Uh, with that said, yeah. the fight is at 163. Uh, Jamal Charlo fights at 160. Benavidez started his career at 147. So he's a smaller guy. He fought last at 154. So he's a smaller guy moving up. If Jamel Charlo Mm -hmm. still has something left, he should really just be a little too big and too strong for Benavidez, specifically considering Benavidez moving up in weight, has this, you know, the one kind of wreck leg. Uh, skill set, they're, you know, they're pretty equal skill set, but the physical advantages are going to significantly go to Jamal Charla. Uh, with that said, if, you know, if he's, you know, in shape and mentally, you know, locked in, he's going to win that fight. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny you just said that because uh, uh, one of the rags earlier this week uh, reported that uh, uh, Dimitri Bible wants, wants to uh, – Move up to 168 because there's nobody in, currently in his class that he can uh, cannot beat, or that could beat him. What's your thoughts? Me or Tony? Yeah, Tom, I'll let you take either it one first. <laughs> well, the yeah, only Tony one at 175 that could, yeah, the only one at 175 that could be Bivol would would potentially be better BS. Those are the two best at their weight, unless one of them dramatically slips through the age. Better be at his 38, give off like 31. So he's still kind of in the physical prime, maybe 32, 33. You make Canelo about the same age. The reason why Bivol, mm-hmm. so Bivol, I heard Bivol talk about moving up to cruiserweight because obviously if he did that, that'd be legacy. He's also talked about moving down to 168 because he's not a big 175 pounder. So the only thing left for him at his weight class is better be at. So if he's mm-hmm. chasing greatness, if he's chasing legacy, uh, then, you know, he can do that, you know, potentially the weight classes, you know, either north or south of him. Um, but, like I said, there, if he were to do so without fighting better be that would be a huge miss uh, in his Hall of Fame career. 
Okay, so um, one of the questions that's come up in, in one of the uh, uh, papers was rank uh, rank the, the three of the three top middleweights. Rank them one, two, three, and the answers the the people they're giving you the choices are Canelo Alvarez, David Benavides, and Christian Rabili. Um, uh, let's give you the record. Uh, Alvarez is 62 and 2. Benavides is 27 and 0. And Mobili is 25 and 0. Ty? Well, Christian Mobili is, is, is considered a dangerous fighter, but he hasn't fought anyone that would warn him uh, in that discussion. Maybe a lot of people like the eye test. Um, to me, he's a hard puncher, still a bit crude, still kind of learning on the job. Um, and he's just not right now at the level of a Canelo Alvarez or David Benavidez. He's not at the experience level. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's not quite – he's not in their class yet, um, but he's a dangerous fighter. So he's clearly third, clearly third. Um, mm-hmm. Like I would – right now I would still rank Demetrius Andrade ahead of – Mobili, just because he's more proven. Um, I would rank mm-hmm. Caleb Plant a whole ahead of Mobili, just because he's more proven. So you know, like Mobili mm-hmm. is, is I, I wouldn't rank him in the top five right now, um, just because he he's just not proven. He has a glossy record, but you know, again, he hasn't fought the level of competition that would warrant him in this discussion. As far as Benavidez mm-hmm. or Alvarez, as well. It's a matter of what you like. Do you like the guy with the accomplished record and Hall of Fame resume, or do you like the guy who's the monster today? So right now, Mm -hmm. Canelo would be ranked number one. I wouldn't argue with that. He's ranked number one because he's the guy with all the belts. He's the guy with all the accomplishments. He is the champion at that division. Doesn't mean Mm -hmm. I don't think Benavidez would beat him. I think Benavidez beats Alvarez. I do. Right now, at this point in their careers, I believe Jose, I believe uh, Benavidez beats Canelo Alvarez. But if I'm ranking them, I rank Canelo Alvarez one, Benavidez two, and, and Billy, I'd rank him around six or seven. Okay. And who is the – Tony, go ahead. I'd almost agree 100%. The only thing I may change, um, if Benavidez were to fight Canelo – and it was the Benavides we saw a couple fights back, two or three fights back. He clearly would win. He'd beat Canelo. I'd put him number one, Canelo two. But the, I think it was the last fight, and I don't remember who it was, or maybe the fight before. He may have just been having a bad night. Uh, he wasn't. Oh, yes, uh, John Ryder. Yeah, yeah, I think he'd have a little bit of trouble. Yeah. And I don't know if he was sick or just not with it that night, maybe just an off night. If, if if he brings that David Benavides to the Canelo fight, I'd lean more in Canelo winning. Eh. But I don't think I think that ties right though. If they were to both go at it right now, I would I'd be leaning towards Benavides for sure. And by mm-hmm. by by no mistakes would I think it'd be a, a a wipeout by any you know stretch of the imagination. It'd be a a nip and tuck affair. But yeah. I lean towards the younger, fresher horse right now. Simple as that. Um, specifically, uh, you know, the one thing about Benavidez, a, a downhill fighter, one of my favorite fighters, a lot of people hated this guy, 
But I used to love one of my favorite fighters to watch, not necessarily one of my favorite fighters, was Antonio Margarito. And that's because I love the guy who just downhill pressure and just slowly but surely took the air out of the kind of more skilled technician. Um, and, mm-hmm. you know, Canelo has never had the best gas tank. And he's going to rip off combinations on Benavidez. He's going to look pretty. Uh, but if he can't put a dent in him, can't slow him down, when that downhill pressure comes, because I don't think at this point, you know, Canelo hasn't, you know, fallen off the cliff. So I don't think Canelo gets stopped. But what happens is, is you know, Canelo's won the first three or four rounds pretty cleanly. But then these next, you know, seven rounds or so are going to get pretty hairy. And you're, you're going to see a guy in Canelo who – you know, kind of like the Triple G fight, the first Triple G fight. He did well, um, but because he was tired, he was kind of like, all right, when's the 12th round coming? And mm-hmm. that's what you would see against Benavidez. And so, again, you got the younger, fresher horse, man. And he's a bigger guy, too. Okay. Not like he's a smaller guy. Okay. Hey, Tony, uh, uh, Jamal Herring come out of uh, retirement. Uh, with his first uh, first round TKO of uh, Nicholas Molina, do you think he'll stay out of retirement? Do you think he'll go back into retirement? What, what what's your thoughts? I think my just my personal feeling he'll fight a couple times, feel it out a little bit, and probably go back in, and play the Xbox, and sit down at home, give it up. Uh-huh. Okay, that's just right. that's what I think. A first-round KO win for Jamel Harry, and I was happy for him. I think he's one of the good guys in boxing. But a first-round KO win assures that he's going to fight more. A first-round KO loss might have assured that he fights never again. But with a mm-hmm. first-round knockout win, even against overmatched competition, that's a confidence builder. And you don't build your confidence to sit at home, you know? So, uh, yeah, expect mm-hmm. to see him. And, uh, you know, expect to see him until he runs into a wall that he can't find it. That's all. When he gets a hard fight and he's got some trouble, even if he wins it, I think that's where he'll pull the plug. He's going to go out on a good note. Exactly. I, I completely concur. You know, the one thing about boxers is, is they got to be, you know, I think all fighters, right? They got to be, they have to be convinced when they don't have it. And uh, uh, knocking someone out in the first round, as overmatched as the guy may have been, definitely doesn't, con- you know, convince. Uh, Jamel that he doesn't have it. But like Tony said, if he struggles with an opponent that he should easily beat, sometimes it's like, damn, I don't, I'm not that guy anymore. You know, exactly. So, but good for him. He's a, he's a, he's a great guy. Um, and you know, uh, you know, he hadn't looked good his last couple of fights. You know, some, sometimes, but you, you got to remember, he's also pretty old too. Um, I think Jamel's like 38. And when you're 38, and you know. 126, 130, 135, you know, it's a little tougher. It's not like 38-year-old heavyweight, you know. So. Mm-hmm. We're not all George Foremans, that's for sure. This is true. Or, or Bernard Hopkins, right? Exactly. Great. Hey, uh, Ty, um, Kelms, uh, oh, no, it Walsh, uh, get off the canvas and, uh, yeah, I point at uh, Ishmael uh, Velarira. Um, do you think that was a decent fight, or do you think that was, uh, you know, 
just pure adrenaline work. That was a good fight. It was a firefight. Um, I still don't know what to make of Callum Walsh, and, and you know, that's how I, I think I get with a lot of the U.K. prospects or a lot of the U.K. guys coming up with glossy records. Um, mm-hmm. I, because you just don't quite know whether they're only destined for, in the U.K., as they say, domestic level, you know, which is fighting for the, you know, the, the European championship at best, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because there are a lot of U.K. fighters with glossy records. And then they fought, I don't know if you remember David Evanesian. They fought him, and, and David Evanesian knocked a couple of these guys out. Josh Kelly you know, knocked him out, took his out. But then Evanesian fought Terrence Crawford and got knocked out cold. You know what I mean? So until Callum Walsh steps above domestic level, well, until he conquers domestic level and steps above it, I really don't know what to make him. But he is a pretty good fighter. Uh, and, you know, he's mm-hmm. tough, durable, and he throws a hell of a punch. So um, he's an exciting fighter. He's got to clean up his technique, obviously. Um, but, but, you know, we'll see. It's, it's interesting to see these young fighters you know, how much they grow from fight to fight to fight. So um, I don't know what his ceiling is, but I'll be curious to see. I didn't know Josh Warrington would, you know, be as good as as he ended up being, you know, kind of ascending to world championship Mm -hmm. level, able to beat Carl Frampton, even though Frampton was a little faster. Um, So, you know, you kind of never know how good some of these U.K. domestic guys are until they step their foot into the world pool. And you're like, oh, shit, this dude can hang or he can bang. He can bump, you know? And right. uh, so it's going to be interesting to see what, you know, what Callum Walsh does. Mm-hmm. Well, here's the, this is our, uh, our last question for the evening, but excuse me. Um, the MMA great, Miss Chris Cyborg, wants to return to boxing mm-hmm. to face Kelsey Wickstrom uh, in January. What's your thoughts? Yeah, Tony. Uh, I'm glad to see her come back. I'm glad to see anyone come back and try again. You know, obviously there's a reason why they want to come back, and usually it's they miss it, they love it, it's in their blood. You know, it's like me with law enforcement. I'd go back in a heartbeat and try to work and be you know, on the streets or whatever. It's just in your blood. And a boxer or an MMA, or so, yeah, it's just it's in their blood. She wants to come back, try it again. And I think you could kind of say it'd be along the lines of what we were talking about earlier. She comes back, knocks somebody out. Yep, I'm going to fight another one. You know, and then gets to the point where it's going to be another. Uh oh, it's kind of close. Even though she may win, and I think that's where she'll be like, okay, <laughs> enough's enough. I'm done. We think, uh, I. You know what? Chris Cyborg is, is, she's just a fighter. I love her, right? I love Cyborg. She's just a fighter. And, you know, she's always said she wanted to box. And, you know, because of the contract she has with Bellator, she's been able to do so. So kudos to her, right? Um, And, you know, she's the type of gal that even when her MMA career is over, I could see her compete. She's just a competitor. She's a fighter. Um, you take a Clarissa Shields, right? Clarissa Shields is a tremendous boxer. Uh, she started training in MMA because there's more money for a high-level, you know, female fighter in MMA than there is female boxer. Um, but Chris Cyborg, for her, not that it's not a challenge, 
for Clarissa Shields, but for Chris Cyborg, it's not about money at all. It's just about mm-hmm. this is another, you know, combat sports challenge. She participated in a, you know, in a couple kickboxing matches. She fought this one girl, and I forget the the, the girl's name that Chris Chrissy fought, but this one girl was like a, you know, like a high level, you know, kickboxer, and, and you know, Chris fought her. Chris got knocked down, uh, but she gave the girl a good uh-huh. fight, you know. So she's one of these. You know, these athletes. She's one of these athletes that just like challenges. Great. Guys, we're at the uh, end of their, uh, our hour here, and uh, I want to thank both of you for uh, staying the full time. And We know the other guys both had uh, had uh, pain with work and Bob with family. Uh, but we want to thank everybody for being so well prepared, and uh, we we uh, appreciate it. We'll see you uh, come in next week, ladies and gentlemen. These programs are brought to you each and every night of the week in grateful appreciation. The men and women of the United States Armed Forces, men and women police and fire services, the doctors and nurses at, at first line and first responders in the line of uh, and uh, excuse me. And the dollars uh, who stop all the shelves at the uh, supermarket. And these programs are also dedicated to those who have lost their lives in the line of duty. Deputy Robert Anthony Carroll, Patrolman Jeffrey Colcat, Patrolman David Curtis, Jeffrey Yazwood, Sergeant Thomas Bager, Detective Randy Bell, Detective Ricky Childers, San Diego Officer Mike Kendler, Sergeant Tom Wilson. Charlie County Sheriff's Department, Patrolman Charlie Condit, Tarpon Springs Police Department, and uh, Lieutenant Julius Craig Lewis, Philadelphia Fire Department, uh, Sergeant James O'Connor, Philadelphia Police Department, Sergeant uh, Chris Lake, Hillsborough County Sheriff's Department, Patrolman Humalva Christian Lake on PD, Lieutenant Joe Zerba, Newcastle County Police. Patrolman Josh Meyer, Nassau County Sheriff's Department. Captain Matt Paterno, Philadelphia Fire Department. Captain Chris Leach, Wilmington Fire Department. Lieutenant Artis Hope, Wilmington Fire Department. Lieutenant Jerry Pikes, Wilmington Fire Department. Patrolman Florida Trooper Joe Bullock. Trooper Chelsea Richards, Florida Highway Patrol. Chief Al Hogle, Longboat Key Police Department. Chief Jimmy Ford, Wilmington Fire Department. Deputy Mike Hardgrove, Pinellas County Sheriff's Department. Deputy Blaine Lane and Deputy Chris Myers, Polk County Sheriff's Department. And Sergeant Chris Fitzgerald, uh, Philadelphia Sheriff's Department and the Temple Police Department. I'm sorry, the Temple University Police Department. My, my brothers and sisters, although you may be 10-7 at this point in time, sometime will be 10-10 at the table of the Lord. Until that time, may the roads rise up to meet you. May the winds be always at your back. May the rains fall softly on your fields. May the sun shine lightly on your face until we meet again. May the good Lord keep you and your family always in the family keep you and your family always in the palm of his hands. Thank you and good night and have a great week. Shen, the
1999 is a sponsor of the last emergency. May God rest his soul and all the souls of the faithful departed. 